0: Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, Brother Casey. All of you that make all this happen before you prepare the stage, you prepare the you prepare this moment, and I pray that you you are praying, that you are sensitive, that you are listening to the the moving of the Holy Spirit as He speaks to us through through song, yes, but also through His Word. My prayers that. This morning, guys, don't leave this one here. Don't leave what you're about to hear here with you today. Take it with you. Let it, let it transform you. Let it, let it convict you, yes, but let that process of change and becoming who God saved you to be, let it start right now. Last Sunday, we, we talked about faith. We're, we're talking about these essentials of the journey we're on a journey as we are becoming and being made in the image and in the likeness of Jesus. As we, as we allow the Spirit of God to move in and through each and every one of us. The first part of the journey is faith. When you and I trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Because he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. We know by faith that Jesus Christ lived a perfect sinless life. We know by faith that he was was hung on a sinner's cross and he died. He died a death he did not deserve. We know this by faith. But faith is the beginning step, it is the first step to to come into the kingdom, to be made one of God's sons or daughters, you must by faith trust Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I hear so often, I I hear too often, dangerously too often, that you know I, I go to church, I I sat in the sanctuary, I hear the sermon, I sat in Sunday school class, I come on Sunday night or Wednesday night or whenever, I, I hear the messages, but, but it doesn't seem like my life is changing. It doesn't seem like, and the Word is not, I, I'm not getting anything from it, it's just like I hear it and I know it and I amen it and I get it, but, but nothing happens. So often that's the case for many inside of the church today. They hear the word of God, they agree to the word of God, they they amen it and they clap it and they praise God for it and they, they pat the pastor on the back as they walk out the doors and they're off to lunch and later that evening they are asked the question and confronted with the question, what was the message? Oh, it was a good one. What was the message? Oh, he was excited. He he rambled around and he was spitting and he was doing that thing. It was good. What was the message? I don't know. The next step's obedience. I'd say the transformative step in a Christian's life is obedience. Believing is is part of it's the beginning. It's sort of the It's sort of the door. Imagine a door. You walk into the room. By faith, we walk into a relationship with Christ. By faith, we get into the kingdom. We get into the body. And so many get there, and they're like, now what? Obedience. Obedience. We take the message that this book has. We we don't just take the things we understand. We take what we've been taught all of our life. And I said this before, the first time I believe I was with you. Guys, there's nothing new I'm going to teach you. You've got the same book in your lap that I'm reading from. It's just a Bible. You've got it on your phone. You've got it on your tablet. You still, many still have a copy and you lay it right there in your lap. And we're just reading from this book this morning. Go over to 1 John. We're going to go to about four different places this morning. We're going to start at 1 John. That's where we're going to begin. And today we're looking at obedience. Church, listen to me. your your life's not going to transform if you don't do what it tells you to do. The marriage isn't going to get any better if we're not doing what the Bible tells us to do. Our kids aren't going to act right if we're not raising them and training them in the way the Bible tells us to do. See, if we're not careful, we, we uh, we love the music. It is good. We love the fellowship. It is amazing. We love the closeness, the unity. We love this but obedience, the practical applying the word of God on our daily lives, that's where is it where the rubber hits the road maybe? Listen, I'm in the kingdom through faith and now the next step is do what the book tells us to do. 1 John chapter 2 beginning in verse 3 says this. John is pretty hardcore here. Church, I hope you're paying attention this morning. I do whether you're in the room or you're out there somewhere, I hope you pay attention. Take a copy of God's Word. Turn there on your phone. Turn there in a tablet. Look at what the Bible says. Look at what John says in 1 first, first John chapter 2 beginning in verse 3. He says, by this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. Guys, we got to do what this book says. By this we know that we've come, we know Him by keeping His commandments. And the one who says I've come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word and in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Every prayer I close out with you guys. Since you've known me, I have prayed that the Spirit of God would help us to walk in a manner worthy of the name of Jesus. Because that's how we know we're we're applying the word. We can't just hear the word. we got to apply the word. I've got so many verses memorized, and so do you. But how many of those verses are played out on a daily basis in my life. I know thou shalt not. I know a lot of the thou shalt nots. We all know them. You know, I, I used this. This was funny to the first crowd. Let's see if they think, y'all think it's funny. This is not my pick. This is not my pick. But you know, sin is sin, Right? Bible says, go, go with me over to James. You turn to James. Just turn to James right there in your lap. Turn to James 4.17. I want you to see a verse. Because when we're talking about obedience, we're talking about obedience to every single bit of it. Not just picking and chooses, choosing here or there. Look at James 4.17. It's right there in your lap. What does your Bible say? What is your copy of God's word say in James chapter 4, verse 17? Y'all read it out loud. Read it. Go. Start now. Preacher didn't say it, your word said it. The Bible says to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him, it is sin. Sin is disobedience. We're not talking about just the big sins. I, I do honestly feel like inside the Baptist church, here's the thing: nobody in the Baptist church does the big sins. Because we don't talk about them. The big sins we all have, nobody talks about the big sins. So we must not have them inside the Baptist church. And the little sins, you know, the little sins aren't really important. Take this pick. Whose pick is this, everybody? Okay, pick. But here's the thing. He's got five of these things setting up here. Who in the world needs five picks? He's got five picks. Surely I can take this one, right? No. How many of you have been walking through your office, walking through school and and just, I need a pen. Where's my pen? Where's my pen? Oh, there's a pen. There's a gym clip. There's a staple. There's a piece of paper. Is it your staple? Is it your piece of paper? Is it your gym clip? Is it yours? No. Well, what did you do? I took it. That's okay for adults. We don't let our kids do it. Kids walk through the store, and isn't it amazing the, the, the candy is all down there at knee level and below? Why don't they just walk through the store taking everything that's knee level and eye level to them? Why do they not do it, big people? Why? Because that's called what? Stealing. He's got five of them. Who needs five guitar picks? But they're his, not mine. Sin is sin little sin is sin big sin is sin little sin, big sin see we put the sizes on it sin is sin, the Bible says you read it to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin obedience living out the word of God applying the word of God uh, letting it transform our lives is when we start when we step in kingdom step into the body by faith in Christ alone period and when we're in here what we're to do then is we're to walk in obedience to this book to the words that are written in this book to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Because I've had so many people say, yeah, but the Bible don't say you can't steal a guitar pick from the podium of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. No, the Bible doesn't specifically say that, but it ain't mine. And if I take it, guess what I've done? I've stolen, and it's sin. God's obedience is not just the do-nots, it's also the do's. We're to have the mind of Christ. We're to have the heart of Christ. We're to walk in obedience to Christ. We're to walk in a manner as He walked. Go with me over to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, we see Christ Jesus here. Paul explains to the church of Philippi how far He went for us. Beginning in verse 5, this is what it says. Have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus. That's not an option. That's not a really good suggestion. No, the Bible says, have this attitude in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, Jesus John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and without Him nothing came into being that is created. Everything. So here the Creator of the universe sets aside His creating of the universe abilities. Not really abilities. See, that emptied Himself is some deep stuff. When you really try to dig down, what does it mean? He set aside Part of his, not all of, because he was completely 100% God and 100% man at that moment of time while he was on this earth. And he set aside, here's the way I explain it to young people. He set aside his shot-calling abilities. I mean, Jesus called the shots. In heaven, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1-1. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triunity, the triuneness, the threeness, yet oneness. I don't get it. But by last week, by faith, I trust it. this Jesus humbled himself. This same one that spoke out of nothingness. All of this he set aside. He humbled himself for a season. And he came to this earth. He surrendered his heart. He surrendered his life. He surrendered himself to the Father. And he humbly died, Scripture said. The Bible tells us we're to have that mind. We're to have a mind that is completely surrendered to God. We're to have a mind and a heart and a body and a vessel that is completely surrendered and willing to do whatever. Go up a couple of verses. Look at verse 3. You know, we say, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We see Christ. But the Bible says this church do nothing from selfishness. Let me repeat what the Bible says. Do nothing from selfishness. That's not just good teaching mama taught us. That's God's Word. Yeah, but you don't know who they are. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they hurt me. You, you don't know what it's like. I mean, he always gets five. He, he gets five of everything. He gets five of this and five of, I mean, it's like everything he gets is, is, is blessed. And I... I I'm not going to bless him. The Bible says do nothing from selfishness. Or empty conceit. But with humility. Where do we get humility? We get humility in Christ on the cross. But with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Now preacher. If I if I just walk around putting everybody else in in front of me, what about me? That's a t- that is a total misunderstanding of the God that we serve. See, I think a lot of times what challenges our faith and what challenges our obedience. Is we just think we can do this whole thing without God better than He can do it. We can do life better without Him than we can with Him. Because, you know, I know how to do this thing. I got this thing figured out. I, 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 I got this thing figured out. I, verse 4. Do not merely look out for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. Obedience is sacrificial. Obedience is. is Listen, it not I don't care what your neighbor did. I don't care what your coworker did. Do you still have a job there? God still got you there, right? Then shine. Yeah, but you don't know how they act. It doesn't matter. God hasn't moved you yet. Till then, shine. Be salt and light. Be a difference maker. Be an influencer. Be a life life changer. Be the hands and feet of Jesus right there where you are until God moves you. When God moves you, then go shine there. Till then, shine right there. Yeah, but you don't understand. Quit rationalizing. See, that's what we do. We do it over and over all through the day. We're like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. No, just do it. The way Jesus did it. how this mind of you that was also in Jesus who emptied himself. In the humblest, most humbling places. Go over to Luke chapter 22. One of the most humbling places I've ever stood was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. There in the actual place, to where, in the, in, the, in the actual area to where Jesus literally made the greatest choice, the greatest decision that this earth has ever known. This created sphere has ever known was with God. God the Creator, God's Son, stepped out of eternity. stepped onto this earth, and He lived on this earth for some 33 some odd years. And in in that period of time, during His last three and a half years on this earth, He did something during that ministry season. He stepped into the garden, and He prayed this prayer. What He says in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 42, He says, saying, Father... If you are willing to remove this cup from me. If you are willing. If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. There in the garden of Gethsemane, the greatest choice was ever made. The greatest decision, the greatest choice, the greatest moment, the greatest right there when Christ uttered those words. Because all of recorded history could have changed. We could have gone a totally different way. He could have said, look, they're not worth it. I've lived with them. They're rejects. I told them to stay awake and look, they're over there asleep. I told them to just pray and they're sleeping. And what did Jesus say? The one that we're to have the mind of. The one that we're to imitate. The one that we're to walk worthy of. The one that we're to walk in obedience to. What did he do? He humbled himself to the point of death. If You read on down, He said he sweat drops of blood. He said, Lord God, not my will. Father God, if you're willing, let this cup pass by. But yet not my will but yours be done. Jesus knew what was coming. He was not afraid of the thorns. Jesus was not afraid of the thorns. He was not afraid of the nails. He was not afraid of the beating that he got. The spear that he got. He was not afraid of that. The Roman soldiers were trained murderers. They knew how to torture you to the point of death. They knew it period. He wasn't afraid of that. He was afraid of, of my God. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because of my sin and because of your sin. Because of my big sins and little sins and my disobedience my rebellion, my hearing on a Sunday morning, your hearing on a Sunday morning that, guys, we're to obey this book. We're not just to, just to pick and choose what we want from it. We're not to, hey, if I go obey that stuff, it's gonna, people are going to look at me different and they're going to think about me different and I may lose friends and lose family and lose jobs. Hmm. When we see Christ in the garden and we see the sacrifice He made, and we see the obedience he came to this earth on a mission we wonder we wonder we say brother I, uh, i've been i've been walking this christian life for a long time and it don't seem to i just don't seem to be getting anywhere well how's your prayer life well i, I don't really i don't really pray much I don't know how to pray. I, I, I feel uncomfortable praying. How, how's your prayer life? Well, I, I just don't pray much. Well, how's your Bible study? Are you reading the Bible? Well, I, I really don't read it too often. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. The Bible says to study to show thyself, approve a workman that does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing, Rightly handling the word of truth. It's not just preacher verses. That's in your loud verses. I, so many people step through the door by faith and they get into the kingdom and they get into God's family and they get into the room and they, they stand when the music guy says stand and they sit when the music guy says sit and they pray when we say pray and they do everything. They go through the looking motions, the viewing motions, but it, when it comes to the heart Transforming, molding, shaping, digging into, studying it, and wrestling and working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Preacher, I just don't think I'm being fed. But well, what are you doing? Go with me over to Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. Guys, listen. How's your obedience to Christ? I can't answer that. How's your obedience to Christ? How's your obedience to the Word of God? How's your obedience to the walk? How is is your walk? You'll hear me ask this a bunch as I get around you. As I get to know you. And some of you may start running from me because, oh my God, he's going to hold me accountable. I don't hold you accountable to nothing. I don't judge any of you. You stand before God, not before me. We stand before God. We don't stand before each other. He, We stand before it's the point of a man wants to die and then the judgment. And I'm not going to be there at your judgment. And you're not going to be there at my judgment. I'm not going to be able to call you up and say, Hey, let me go get them Chapel Hill folks They heard me preach. They can tell you all kind of good stuff about me. It's not how it works. How's your obedience? How is your walk? How's your walk? Don't be elbowing your neighbor. I'm asking you. I put a little thing out on Facebook. How many of you saw that this morning? 8 o'clock. Any of you awake at 8 o'clock? Nine people in the whole room. That's okay. But you know what I said? I just invited people to church. You know, every one of you, by now, tomorrow, by this time, tomorrow, by 10.30, tomorrow, you know where every one of you will be. Most of you, some of you are retired, I get it. Some of you are sick, I get it. But most of you, you will be at work. <laughs> you will be clocked in. Period. I believe one of the greatest struggles, one of the greatest spiritual struggles happens on Sunday morning. You've worked all week and you had a hard night on Friday night and you watched the ball games all day Saturday and Sunday is your rest day. Isn't there a verse in there and some of you are thinking, there's a Sabbath rest somewhere in there. You don't even know where you're talking about. That's out of context. The Sunday morning you wake up and church is at 9 and 10.30. And you're like, "Ah, yeah, but... Right now, I know we got this corona thing and we got sickness. I admit I had it. It's real. It's aggravating. It lasts forever. Still don't taste. Taste is, things are funny tasting. Things don't taste right. How long are we going to let that control us? Here's the thing, and I know it's real. I know we had people lose life. I looked there at James. James is here. James is here. Praise God. That brother's got every excuse in the book not to be in this room, but James is here. I've walked in church after church after church, and the little old men and women who shouldn't no more be here than nothing in the world, they come every time the doors are open, they're there, and they're constantly there. And we who've got every one of our facilities and faculties and everything about us, we make every excuse in the book to not be here. Try that at work. Boss, my back's hurt. It hurt day one and you ain't got a job day two. Try that that with soccer practice. Try that with cheer practice. Try that with with, uh, football practice and baseball practice and track practice and all of these other practices. I said it earlier and I'll say it again and I was convicted afterwards. If you're a coach out there, I love you. I love you, or you three cameras, I love you coaches, you're amazing, you've influenced so many people. But here's my frustration. There's more people inside the church scared of you than they are God. There's more people more committed to a coach than they are to God. There's more people more committed to a boss than they are to God. There's more people more committed to a human being, to a boss, to a coach, to a teacher, to a friend, than they are to the Word of God. The Word of God is clear, but when we come down to, hey, look, Sunday morning is the only thing optional. Hey, I don't feel safe, but you go to Walmart. Hey, I don't feel safe, but you go to work. Hey, yeah, but you know what they say, but I have to work. What if we got what we rightfully deserved from God? See, you want to see your marriage change? You want to see your home change. You want to see y'all start watching. Here's what's going to happen. You're thinking, I'm going to do something amazing. You're just waiting on me to pull that amazing rabbit out because right now he sounds like every other preacher that I've ever heard come through here. That's just what preachers do. They get excited. They spit. They bounce around. They they holler. They artic- They they do all that stuff with their, their voice. And No, let me tell you what's going to start happening. People are going to start getting it. Light bulbs are slowly going to start going off around these rooms. One after the other. And there's people going to quit playing church and there's people going to quit playing this game. There's people who are going to start taking their walk serious. There's people who say, "Well, you know what? I'm tired of my I'm tired of my marriage being this way. I'm tired of my family being this way. I'm tired of my home. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of playing this game." I want my marriage to be a marriage that honors and glorifies Christ in his kingdom. I want my I want everything that I touch to honor and glorify King Jesus. I want to walk in a manner worthy of the name of Jesus. I I don't want to play this game. I don't want to keep going through these motions over and over again. I want to do something for Him. Guys, what if we put the energy and pleasing man into pleasing God? What if we put the commitment we give our coaches, the commitment we give our teachers, the commitment we give our bosses, what if we give that same level of commitment to our Savior Joshua chapter 24. Joshua's at the end. He's, he's turning it over. And here in verse 14, he says, Now therefore, Joshua 24, 14, he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Guys, that'll preach right there. Quit playing it. Serve God, period. Be focused on him, period. Men, run your homes in a way that honors and glorifies Christ. Wives, submit to your husband in a way that honors and glorifies Christ. Children, obey your parents in a way that honors and glorifies Christ. Walk in a manner worthy of the name of Jesus. Walk in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Guys, look at the gods we have today. Look at the things that pull us. Look at the distractions. Look at what, what controls our schedule. I dare to say that there's not. There's at least one, and I will not make you raise your hand, but there's probably at least one family in this room that has a schedule on their refrigerator of a cheer practice, a track practice, a soccer practice, a football practice, a volleyball practice, some kind of practice that everything else kind of works around that practice, doesn't it? You'll cancel events because, hey, my kid's got something. You'll cancel events because, hey, my coach, this Saturday, I can't come to this trick-or-treat thing y'all got because my coach, our kid's coach called a special practice and they got to come. Well, what are they going to do if they don't come? Come beat you up? No, my kid won't start or play. I get it. Not downplaying it. I get it. But what if our obedience to the Word of God and to our Savior was that passionate? We will fight you. Anybody got any girls' softball players in here? Do they play girls' softball up here? That stuff is crazy. You mess with a girl softball player, they, I mean, I'm glad they're not up here because y'all would have done Rush the Stage by now with me talking about, y'all must not have a lot of it up here. I feel safe all of a sudden. That stuff gets mean. But if we were as dedicated to our Savior as we were our local teams. Not that they're bad. If we were as dedicated to our Savior as we are our boss. Our job. Our career. Our goals. Our dreams. Our vision. If we were as committed to Jesus as we are the fleeting things of this earth, imagine. And here's what happens around a room like this. Because I said the same thing to this morning service. There was probably this many too. A lot of people are coming to church. Listen, if you're not coming to church and you're still watching me through a camera, come on back, we're here, we miss you. But what's happening is it's not anything i'm doing but people are people will start i want to obey christ i want my life transformed i want to be an influencer i want to make a difference i want to i want to use the rest of my life and i want to use what time i have left and i want to make a difference for the kingdom i want to walk in a manner worthy of jesus i want to please him in all aspects of my life i want to I want my marriage. I want my, I want my neighborhood. I want the gossip that's going around my neighborhood. Let them, let them gossip about us and that we're making a difference for Jesus. Verse 15. If it's disagreeable in the sight of in your sight to serve the Lord, if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. It's that simple. You want to see your life transformed? Choose you this day, this day, right now, whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Fathers, husbands, men, choose you this day right here whom you will serve. Mamas, wives, singles, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Period. Choose you this day, right here, right now. October twenty fifth, two 2020, at the end of a pandemic, I made a determined statement. I made a commitment to my Savior that I was going to radically transform my life, that I was going to walk in obedience to Him. I was going to quit playing church. I was going to quit playing this whole thing that looks the part but ain't the part. I, I chose that day in my life, my walk. Wow, if you could only see what God did. Joshua looks at that group and he says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. You say, Brother Shannon, how in the world can you bring this? That's that's Joshua from what? Thousands of years ago. How do you apply it to 2020? Guys, there's a lot of gods we served. Remember that refrigerator? There's a lot of gods we serve. But Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Just determined. We... Me and my wife, and me and my kids. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. That's obedience. That's what God desires. That's the next step. It's a commitment. It's a you're not you're not buying into me. I will mess you up. You know. War, eagle, fly down the field. See there, you don't want nobody following me. I will mess you up. I'll run you, sons and daughters, for generations. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Obey Him and Him only. I choose. As for me and my house, I choose to serve the Lord. Some of you, some of you light bulbs are going off. Some of you are going to continue to play. And I can't, I, I can't, I can't help you. You hear me? Do you hear me? There's some of you, I, I, I can't help you. I can't help you. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father God, you know where they're at. Lord, you see their hearts. God, they're, we're not perfect, God, but we're hungry. We're not perfect, Lord, but we're willing. Lord, forgive us for time wasted. Lord, 43 years for me, and I can't imagine, Lord, all around the room, all the different years and all the different times. Lord, 43 years, God, I want want for me, Lord, I want to go deeper. I want to know you more. I want to walk closer to you. I want to serve you more fully than I did even before today. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for every husband, for every wife, for every son and every daughter, every grandparent, Lord, every single. every every widow, every divorce God, wherever they are, Lord, I don't want anybody to think that they're being overlooked, that their name wasn't mentioned, that their label wasn't called out. God, I pray right now for each person to simply consider their walk, consider their level of obedience up until this point. And as Satan comes, we rebuke him, we bind him, you are defeated, you have no authority, you are defeated in Jesus' name. You cannot touch these homes, you cannot Touch these families. They are Christ, Jesus' blood bought sons and daughters, Lord. Please protect us. God, that I pray that, Lord, you do in and through us a mighty work as we choose to obey you. In Jesus' name.